It's time! Drew Doherty and John Harris have their white coats and their goggles on, and they're ready to talk Texans in a different sort of way. Uh, Let's go in the lab. It is time in the lab. Me, Drew Doherty, John Harris, my pal over there. Good to see you, my friend. We've got a good show today. We're going to have you tell us about a draft prospect that... Some could have come into the Texans, although I don't think it's probably going to be in the first round. Could be, but probably not. Yep. But it's a, it's an intriguing guy who you really... It's a guy I've been most intrigued about since you told me about him. Anyways, we're going to get into that. We're also going to do our Texans Mount Rushmore, which you touched on on the radio earlier in the week with Mark Vandermeer. And then we're going to have a Mount Rushmore of Texans villains. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's gonna oh, yeah. Be, it's going to be a fun show. So, John, let's start things off. Tell me about Washington offensive tackle Caleb McGarry. He played right tackle at Washington. And, and take you back, a little history lesson, but two years ago when everybody started doing their mock drafts before the 2017 season, left tackle at Washington was a guy named Trey Adams. And everybody just oohed and ah, like, ooh, he's going to be. And I was like, no, he's not. I was like, watch him. I didn't think he was, very, I didn't think he was that good. Then he got hurt, mm-hmm. and he tore his ACL, and he was out. And I, I hated that for him. The, I, but then again, it's one player you don't have to worry about studying at some point. At least, okay, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it because he's dealing with ACL tear. But Washington football stayed pretty good. Stayed, played pretty well. So I was watching Washington late this year, and then I watched him in the Rose Bowl. And – this guy, Caleb McGarry's a right tackle. I'm like, God, he's a big dude. So I look him up. 6'8", 324. 6'8". Oh, my gosh. 6'8". 6'8", 324. And I thought, okay, most of the time when you see a program listed as such, 6'8", 6'7". Uh, like 6'6 and a half. Right? Yeah, 6'6 six, six and a half. I mean, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much what it means. So I I thought at that point, all right, 6'6 six, six and a half, that's still pretty stout, 324. Okay, then I saw he got an invite to go to the Senior Bowl. And I was like, oh, this is good because he'll get the full measurements. He'll get the full treatment. I saw that he accepted. And I was really excited because obviously with the Texans need a tackle, I thought, okay, this this is going to be a guy that I think we, we really have got to take a look at because he may not be a guy that in the first round, maybe in the second round, maybe if the board falls a certain way, maybe in the first round a corner is a better mm-hmm. option. And then maybe McGarry's there in the second round. I would really like that because I think you could end up getting a really, really good player uh, in Caleb McGarry. So we go to the go to the Senior Bowl, and I've been watching him. I'm like, boy, God, I like this guy. Oh man, I kind of want to keep you know, you kind of inside. I'm like, I keep this a secret. So at the Senior Bowl, they have media days, and they do media days different than you when you and I were going. Mm-hmm. It's more like the combine media days, and so more have, rigid, less interaction. Yeah, less yeah. interaction. And you can't like we had a we had an in senior bowl. We could just say to Catherine Ann, "Hey, hook us up with these players," and she would just bring them right over. Yeah, fantastic. So we couldn't get that. But Caleb McGarry was just standing. He had eaten his lunch, and they had to stay there for a certain amount. So he was just standing there, and I just could see him from a distance. I was like, "That's a that's a big dude. Like he is really well put together." And so I I um. I go up to him and I just say, hey, I'm John Harrison, the Texans, and as nice as you could be, 
very straightforward. And I said, would you come, like, come over and do some TV, you know, just to do an interview? He goes, yeah, let's do it. And he just really kind of, I like this personality. Uh, it wasn't too cool for school, but he wasn't, like, so eager and, you know, hey, good, golly gee. You know, he just seemed like a good dude. <laughs> Interviewed him, and so we got done, and I said, well, where are you working out? What are you, what are you doing right now? And he said, well, I'm working with Howard Mudd. And Howard Mudd, if you remember, was longtime offensive line coach with the Indianapolis Colts when Peyton Manning was there. So Jeff Saturday, Tree Glenn, I mean, a lot of guys, he had a hand in putting all those guys in the Pro Bowl and making a really good offensive line in front of Peyton Manning. And he said, I'm working with Howard Mudd. And he said something to me that really stood out to me. He said, he said, when I said that, I said, that's a really good idea. And he goes, and I told him the story that Bill O'Brien has said many times about guys going to the to, – to work out, to get better at the combine, not to get better at football. Yeah, they're going to be better at test-taking. Right. They're not necessarily going to learn the subjects. They're going to master the the tests that they got to go through the combine. Absolutely. In in layman's terms. And it's exactly right. And so his words to me basically were, "I, I can pass a test with flying colors, but my education needs to get better. And that was like music to my ears. And then he continued on. And when he did his... His measurement, he actually measured at 6'7", 321, which is still pretty stout. Yeah. And he said to me, he goes, John, I'm 6'7", 321. And when I went in for testing the other day, first day, they just needed to get baseline testing. I did a 32-inch vertical. And he just kind of continued on as if it was nothing. And I thought about it, like, after he said it. I kind of missed the next couple sentences because I was trying to comprehend 6'7", 321 with a 32-inch vertical leap playing right tackle. So he can dunk on, like, a 13-foot rim, basically. I I was like, good grief. This guy's an athlete. And then I sent you a video. It showed him doing, I think, a squat of, like, 6'75". And I just said, it's happening. Because when I came back from the Senior Bowl, after I thought he had practiced really, really well, he had good measurables. I thought he was a good interview. I came back and I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get into the top 40 at some point. Now, I do think he's probably going to settle on the first iteration of the Harris 100. I've got him right at the bottom of the second round. But I feel like I'm low on him. I feel like I should be a little bit higher on him. But I kind of spread the load. I feel like he should be probably in the 50 range, which puts him in definite play for one of our two second-round picks. All right, well, then let's you and I stop talking about him. So let's not pump him up. So let's not let other people in on the secret. Yeah, so know. let's think Shh. that he slips, okay? Yeah. But I, when you told me all this mm-hmm. in my office, I was very, very fascinated. And then I've seen some things since yeah. you and I have uh, online uh, gone back and forth about some things. Makes me like him even more. So, he who shall not be named yes. uh, is a very intriguing prospect. Let's yes. get on to Mount Rushmore's. No, it's not July. This is a sports radio July topic, typically. <laughs> the is. Mount Rushmore of greatest Texans of all time. I love it. It's fun. I can do it any any time of the year. I'm always up for it. Your Mount Rushmore was? For the... Uh, Houston for- Texans, just the general, in, in general. It was... All time. Um, we had Andre, okay, Bob, and JJ. Okay, those are the three. Yep. Then Mark said to me, "Which what should be your fourth? And I didn't think long. I went DeAndre. Mm-hmm. DeAndre was the one that really came came to my mind. Now we kind of batted back and forth a couple ideas. Should it be a players only Mount Rushmore? And we said no. I mean, where the genesis of this came from was on uh, NFL Network. They had a they do their top 10 series, and I thought they had a really good one. It was a top 10 Mount NFL team, Mount Rushmore. So there were two ways you could argue, if you wanted to, because that's what this is all about. One was 
is the team's Mount Rushmore rated properly, and do they have the right four people on the yeah. Mount Rushmore? Because you can, you can get some pickles there, right? Because for the Dallas Cowboys, Oof. if I said Dallas Cowboys, now they've got a pretty long history. They had um, Aikman, Emmett, Staubach, and and Landry. Those okay. are the four. No Bob Lilly. Like, whoa, wait a second. Mm-hmm. No Bob Lilly. I mean, the first draft pick, one of the greats, Hall of Famer. But then you got to figure out which one are you taking off. Are you taking off Aikman? Are you taking off? You can't. I mean, it's all time league rusher. Like, so you start having that debate, and so then we talked about well, should should it just be players and coaches? And we kind of came to the consensus: no, Bob means that much to this organization. It exists because of him. He's the founder. I think he should absolutely be on there. So that's what we came to for those three. And then I just said DeAndre. And we kind of went back and forth on Dwayne. And, you know, Dwayne's had a remarkable career. And I just looked at DeAndre and said his period of dominance for the last four years. In three of the last four years, he's been first or second team all pro. Not just a pro bowler, first or second team all pro, which means the people see him as one of the top Three or four wide receivers in the game in the last two years has been one of the top two, if not the number one wide right. receiver in the game. Yeah. I don't know that anybody else in Texas hit. Maybe you can say that about Arian at the running back position. Maybe. But there was always Adrian Peterson out there. There was always somebody. And look, there are other great receivers. But DeAndre is one of the two best in the league for the last four years. And the one year they did have a great year, you didn't hear him grousing and complaining. Mm-hmm. And he had every right to, which I find fascinating because I'll hear us talk about Antonio Brown. And Antonio is just – he's just a mouth of a badge, really. And there's DeAndre. And he's had Ben Roethlisberger the whole entire time. DeAndre's had to deal with all of whatever he had. You never heard one ounce of complaint from him. He just went out and kept balling with whoever was that quarterback. So those are the four that, that we went – that I went with. Bob McNair. Bob McNair. J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt. Andre Johnson. And DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I when, when I saw this when the question when it was posed, that that was my first. We got get McNair because he brought it back. You know, he got football to Houston. Yep. He he ponied up and went through a whole lot to get it here. And then Andre and JJ are kind of like a package deal for me. They're automatics. Yeah. Because they're both sustained greatness and more so in JJ's case is sustained excellence, being yep. the best. I mean, he was MVP worthy a couple years. Yeah, he's three-time defensive player. Of the, I mean, yeah, and yeah. he could have been could have been this year had it not been for what Donald did. Yeah, absolutely. And then for me, the final spot came down to Hopkins and Arian Foster uh, with Dwayne Brown running a, a third in that area. But yeah. uh, they both had those four really Pro Bowl years, but I think DeAndre's were better. Yeah. You know, he was, he was atop the heap. In 2010, Arian, you know, all pro. Yeah, but he's done it. He's done all pro more times, and he's done it through tougher circumstances. I think in that, Arian had a great line, and Arian did a lot of it. But yeah. Arian had a great line, the best lines in Texans history. Whereas Hopkins has really just in eighteen only had that's the best quarterback he had, and he had a mishmash of guys yep. all those Before other that, years, yeah. and he still did it. So yep. yeah, I got to go with Hopkins, and the guy's still so very. Young DeAndre Hopkins, so very young, and you can make a case, and I, and I think we have made a case for DeAndre. But the other the other aspect, think about think about what was what was with DeAndre in, in starting in 2015. You know, Nate Washington, Cecil Shorts came here, and mm-hmm. Cecil, I think Cecil would have been a really good running mate, but he just couldn't stay healthy enough. 
I think Nate was was near the end. Right. You know, 2016, what was with him? Will came in as a, as a rookie and had growing pains as a rookie. Didn't even play all 16 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in 2017, Will, same kind of thing. You saw a little bit with Will, but then Will gets hurt, Sean gets hurt. You know, but he still has a Pro Bowl year. There are times where DeAndre Hopkins is the really only viable player that you have on the field offensively, and he's still – He's still putting up those kind of numbers. Yeah, still putting up those numbers. So, and and look, that that respect is garnered throughout the league. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no question. I mean, I talked to Chris Ballard, and it was like DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I mean, they've got great players of their own right in Indianapolis, and he was like, "Hey, you guys have got DeAndre Hopkins. He gives you a chance every time you go out there." So there's respect garnered from that, and and I loved Aaron. Love Dwayne as players. I mean, yeah, those it's guys not are knocks great. on them. It's no. just that's that's how good these that's guys how, are, man. That's how good that's DeAndre has been. No knock on those guys. I mean, because Dwayne is the best offensive lineman you've ever had. Yep. the The franchise flipped once you got him. But yeah, what what DeAndre has meant versus the rest of the guys at his spot around the league. Yeah, yeah it's it's just so far and above. All right, let's get into some dirty stuff. Okay. The Mount Rushmore of all-time Texans oh villains. Oh Let's snake back and forth. I'm not saying we all have. We have to come up with eight. We can. I think we're capable of it. But let's. You'll start. I'll go next. You'll. You know. After that. But uh, number one, who's your who's your who's your villain that goes up there? Peyton Manning. Okay. Peyton Manning's got to go up there. As much as as I like Peyton. Yeah. Secretly, you know, Golly it's like one of those gee, things where you yeah. don't tell people you like Duke University basketball, mm-hmm. but I sort of do. It's kind of the same way with Peyton. Like you shouldn't say that, but he's the to me he's the all time. You pl- you played him twice a year. Everything you did in your draft strategy for years was how do we stop Peyton Manning? Mm-hmm. What do we do to stop Peyton Manning? And then he goes to Denver and he continues to torture you with games. I mean the 2013 game. I mean he set records in that game here. So to me, I think it's got to be. Um, yeah. I think it's got to be Peyton Manning. Those years of just sustained torture. Yes. In Indianapolis, that's a good choice. That's, oh, he's you got to put him up there. You know what? I'm going to go to another division rival, and I'm going to go with Cortland Finnegan. Yeah, good one. I mean, hey, yeah. All you got to do is point back to the 2010 game when Andre, as I think Deion Sanders said, gave him what was it uh, <laughs> two? What is what is how do you? I can't remember what he said. He's like two. I don't know. He he made a Popeyes fried chicken, right? And it was awesome. It was perfect. <laughs> But Corlin Finnegan, had, yes. he, he, there was a run up to that. I mean, he was he was always messing with Dre, and he was a solid player, Corlin Finnegan. But he just got under people's skin. And Andre, of all people, the coolest, calmest dude in the building, snapped. So, uh, and I'm I'm glad he snapped. He needed to. I think the most telling thing of all that, Andre threw and connected three punches at least, and he did not get suspended. How often <laughs> does that happen? That he did not get suspended because they knew he was justified. <laughs> the, the The commissioner did not suspend him. He's, he's willing to suspend guys for inflating footballs and yep. doing other things. He did not suspend Andre Johnson for throwing and connecting on three punches. Yeah. I call it Finn is a, Finnegan's a great one. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So back to me? Back My to turn? you, dude. I said snake, but we'll just alternate. Well, Texans have been in existence since 2002, correct? Yeah, yeah. All right. Certain quarterback has been in the league since 2000, took over as a starter in 2001, yep. and has been torturing everybody throughout the league. But it's really been lately in which Tom Brady has done this to the Texans. Yep. But the Texans have only beaten a Patriot-led Brady team 
one time, and I don't even know that you can count that. He didn't play the full game. Because he didn't play the full game because Brian Hoyer played a lot of that because the Patriots are playing the next week in the wild card round. And it was one of the weaker Patriot teams that the Patriots have had over that time. But since Brady's been back, and yeah, the 2016 Thursday night game was a gut punch and a half. But the playoff game, the comeback, 2018, you head in that game, it's the opening game, you think, oh, maybe this is the right time to catch him. And he first drive, nothing. But then they get the ball after a fumble, and then it hits Gronk for a touchdown. He just throw, he's just, it's little dinks and dunks. It's not the, like the playoff game was the deep ball in 2016. I remember him one time in the pocket, and there's a three-man rush, and we're dropping everybody to try and cover, and he just points to Edelman. He just points, like, go deep, go Ugh. deep, and then launches and hits it. It's like, God dang it, this guy, and he just doesn't go away. And I think to me, the nadir of that was in 2017 when you've got him finally. You're sacking him. You're hitting him all day. Yeah, he's made some plays, but you got him. You finally have shut him down in the second half. You've taken this five-point lead. And then Tom Brady goes Tom Brady. We can say that we saw it. That Tiger didn't go crazy. That Tiger went Tiger. I will go Tom Brady. Yeah, that's a good one. And you know what uh, the the vexing part of that 2016 Thursday nighter was? He wasn't in it, and that's what made it I even know. worse. I know. Uh, so yeah, because he was. It might, so that's how bad would it have been? It had been the guy. So currently up there, we have Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. we have Cortland Finnegan, and Tom Brady on the Texans' all-time Mount Rushmore villains list. I really don't think you have to search too long. You don't have to search too hard. You don't have to search too far, and you don't have to go back. But to the last game you played. Yeah, I know this is coming. I knew it. He wore a clown mask. Yeah. I tip my hat to him for, for, for wearing that clown mask because he came in that first drive, he backed it up. But an absolute assassin, T.Y. Oh. Hilton, has just torched the Texans in his <laughs> it's been brutal. career since coming in with Andrew Luck. That was a great draft. Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton, same draft. And he has, in all but about three or four games, just really – been an absolute thorn in your side. There have been some games where you shut him down, and you've been able to contain him and mm-hmm. keep him from going off on you. You've held him under 50, 60 yards and three or four times. And when you've done that, you've won. Yeah. yeah. But that's happened infrequently. And when he's gone off, you've there have been times where you've still won. He had a good game. The win in September, the start of the nine-game win streak. Yeah, yeah. He had 100 yards in that game. You were able to beat him then. But T.Y. Hilton has just... Mm, He's been something else. Yeah. Oh gosh. You you fine with that that Mount Rushmore? Hilton, I think that's uh, I Manning, think Brady and Finnegan. The, here the one one let's other some, name. Let's get some other names. Yeah, again. here's some honorable mention names. Yeah. I think those. I think that's the four. That's that's what I would have definitely come okay. up with. Um, here are a couple other names that I thought of. Number one, and maybe this would be on on Dwayne Brown's uh, Mount Rushmore of villains would be Dwight Freeney. Good one. Yeah. Because Dwight Freeney was just. Unstoppable. I mean, maybe, maybe put Freeney and Mathis. There's mm-hmm. two heads. The, and and the reason I would say them over the next guy is the Texans didn't have much success against them. Mm-hmm. They've had a ton of success against this next guy, but he's a total chode. And that's Taylor Luan from the Titans. Yeah, he's just a yeah. pain in the ass. I mean, they get a ten nothing lead against us in the Monday night game, and he's running over. He's taunting our fans. He's trying to jump, and then we just go. We go berserk after that, and mm-hmm. they don't do anything. And it's like, God, just shut your mouth. He's had something, you know, kind of this running uh, thing with Clowney for years, and I just I can't, you know, Taylor Luan, I just can't 
can't stand him. Uh, so maybe that's my own feeling. I just the way that he is, I. Ugh. But what about? Uh, but what? Freeney is the Freeney's the guy that like man, he just destroyed us. Is Kyle Vandenbosch throw him in there? Back when he was with the Titans, absolutely. Um, I mean, he was he was scrapping there. <laughs> he was he was always <laughs> he was always scrapping with somebody in particular. Good player. Um, Maybe but, Marcus Stroud, if you want to really go far back, ooh, the Jaguars. Man. Didn't he? Didn't he clothesline a Texan? I he probably did. <gasps> didn't I just I, thought of one? Yeah, I'm remembering that right. Yeah, right? you are remembering that. Now this wasn't as frequent, but uh, Richie Incognito and Antonio Smith had, oh, had something. No, about. absolutely, Richie Incognito. Richie Incognito was twisted Antonio Smith's knee. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was doing some monkey business yeah. on the ground a few times. There, there was. Definite. There was pro- provocation behind what Antonio Monkey business did. is a good way of putting it. I mean, it. Yeah. he was he was going after, was and those guys that. went back. I mean, they went back to college, yeah, Oklahoma, yeah, yeah. Oklahoma State, Nebraska. Yep, they had a history. Those two, yeah, they, incognito two for out, sure. Incognito. Good call. Oh man, good call. He and Antonio, I, I, you know, Antonio Smith. You knew, you knew, you knew Ninja, and he mm-hmm. was just such a kind of happy-go-lucky guy. Greatest, it was yeah. just awesome. You put Incognito in the mix, and Ninja was ready to. Fight sure. on the spot, like let's go, let's throw hands. It's time. Mm-hmm. He was he was crazy, but Vanabosch is a good one. I, I like. Um, you got to go back. I'm kind of going back. You know, I want to kind of honor yeah. the history of uh, the franchise a bit. We got a lot of recent stuff in there, but yeah. Well, if you want to, if you if you want to go that to that level, Vince Young is probably a Texans villain too. It's, yeah, based solely on his rookie year game here, right? Stop the vicinity. I mean, because he had other good games against know, the Texans. I'm saying that one. He yeah. did, but that one in particular, just because it was in his rookie year, it's in Houston, it's in overtime, and it's look what you guys could have had. Yeah. Look what you could have had. So, yeah. This is fun, and you know what? We're both smart guys, but we're leaving out big names, Absolutely. and that's where we want to hear from you, gentle listener. Tweet at us. Say, hey, you forgot this guy. or Because, hey, we know. We're, we're, we're human. We err. And we're going to have some more Mount Rushmores throughout this offseason because that's the type of thing we do here on In the Lab. John, you and I screw around from we time do. to time. We talk about prospects. We're not going to say that guy's name because we're both really intrigued by him, and we, we kind of like to see him become a Houston Texan. But go back and listen and, and check that out if you just got in here late. But I don't know why you would be coming in late. Maybe your, your uh, loved one is listening to it, and you just hopped on and just started listening. So if that's the case, rewind it and uh, check it out then. But, John, thanks so much. Next yeah, week. Man. We're going to have another tackle to talk about and Johnny tell me about. But until then, enjoy the rest of your week.